Hello, welcome to another episode of Lucent Translation. This is Lucy. And this is Kim. I feel like every time we record, we usually chit-chat for a little bit before our recording. And we're trying to liven up the mood a little bit. Yeah, we were chatting earlier and Lucy was calming me down and I am back at zero right now. <laughs> I don't think I calmed you down. I was more like prying. I just wanted to know more. <laughs> but... um. I did wake up in a really, really good mood. So I think what inspired me was freaking Kim posted, got like three illustrations up this week and I felt so motivated. And I finally recorded something for Lucy's Lounge this morning and I was finally proud of what I made and it just felt like very normal and like I felt really comfortable doing it and I know it took me a while to get there it was just like I wanted to create content for Lucy's Lounge but I didn't really know how to communicate like my ideas um and I think one of the topics I'm like really comfortable and like talking about are like dating and relationships because that's something I always talk about with my girlfriends so I was like why don't I use my experience and knowledge and transfer that into video format I really so, love yes. how it turned out. It was it felt super Thanks. personable, like I was getting big sis advice on a FaceTime. Um, and yeah. I know you also just created a TikTok account for us. So you guys oh, yes. definitely make sure to check that out. Most of Lucy's Lounge will be there and also under our IGTV tab on Instagram. So you can check out yes. for all the upcoming episodes there. Mm-hmm. I, say, I, I just said episode... <laughs> Oh, I think I told you about this, but I haven't mentioned it in the podcast. I, f- I saw the new Christopher Nolan movie. Tenet? Tenet. Yes. Uh, very disappointed. I was very lost in the movie, which was very understandable. But even after read- reading like all the summaries afterwards, like I can't... I don't see myself rewatching it. I heard it was a really good movie. It was too... There was too much action for me. I like parts where there's like more storyline building and more calm scenes but I literally felt like my heart rate was up the whole entire time oh yeah I can't really sit through a movie that's just action-packed like I prefer Mm -hmm. something that's definitely a lot more plot driven and I need character arcs I need to see character development you know (laughs) all those components Um, that create a good story but Kim did recommend me to watch uh the new Pixar movie, Soul. And at the end, I literally FaceTimed Kim right afterward and I was crying. I was bawling my eyes out. It was just, it just really hit home for me. It's like once um, that last scene where the guy was playing piano, that was when I started to cry. And as the scene went on, I just like progressively cried more and more and I was sobbing. And it's just like, it's just so nice to see people realize what their sources of happiness is slash are oh right when you facetimed me that's when i texted you i had this revelation and then you started to ball some more oh yeah (laughs) it's just so nice to see other people being happy i don't know why i feel like we can do entire episode in relation to the contents of soul and the idea of purpose and everything So Kylie Jenner once famously said in terms of 2016, I feel like this year is really about the year of just realizing stuff. 
And while that applies to every year, I think that was super prominent throughout this entire pandemic because this is when we had a ton of time to really reflect on who we are and our actions. So for me, one thing I realized is that I sort of have this obsession with perfection and growth. And I've been thinking a lot about it, and I feel like it stems from constantly being compared when I was much younger. So success to me was defined very relatively to how much further ahead I was compared to my competitors. And so this past year, I really tried to shift my perspective to view myself as my own competitor that's constantly striving to be better and one-upping myself with everything that I put out. So... This need for perfection bled over into my creative endeavors. So one mindset that I tried to adopt this year was completion over perfection. So for me, I tend to fixate on very minor details. And if I'm making an edit to a video or with a writing piece, any minor edit I make, I tend to go back and read the entire passage or watch the entire 20 minute video right from the beginning. Yeah, and so it like editing videos became very tedious for me because I couldn't get over this need to perfect what I was making. And so by adopting the mindset of whether or not something is complete rather than perfect has really improved my productivity. So another way I was viewing this is sort of like a post and go, right? So I'd post something and then just leave my phone, leave my laptop. I wouldn't worry about the analytics or really dwell on how well it was performing really and just focus on my next creative project. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so as you've seen, I've been posting a lot more consistently on our Instagram. And at the beginning of of the year, I told you that my goal was to make at least one illustration a week, which was really limiting myself and my capabilities because... I was very lenient saying like, okay, I could definitely do at least one illustration in seven days. So I wasn't really pushing myself or disciplining Mm -hmm. myself. Um, But because I've been focusing on whether or not, and like, because I was setting this deadline for myself sort of, so I can easily create something within a few hours and sort of like applying this to work, right? Where you have a deadline, you think whether or not this thing that you're doing is done, not whether it's the best that it can be necessarily. And so that's sort of how I've been shifting my mindset with creating art and all that. Yeah, well, instead of posting one a week, you posted three last week. So there's, I know people say like, yes, like it's feasible to do one per week, but if you want to challenge yourself, um, doing that will make the task feel like more purposeful. And it feels like you're actually getting something out of it because I know I know you can do like one um, one post a week. Yeah, and I feel like it's been a lot healthier for me by attempting to post daily. Not that it's a rule that I'm holding myself yeah. by because I did give myself the one like the weekly rule. Um, but because I'm posting daily now, I don't have the time to really fixate on super small details like that. So I can just post it, go, and then focus on what's next. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's like a mixture of having like self-discipline, but being free and spontaneous at the same time, which is connected to one of my, uh, 2020 revelations where, I realized I need to go back to being more disciplined. 
So I've definitely had this conversation with you before, even in 2020, or maybe before then too, where I felt like I was following such a strict structure, not only in my own personal life, but with others. So I remember in college, you know, I still had my Google calendar, of course, and I would like plan ahead of, all right, this weekend, I'm going to meet up with this person on this date, this time, this location, that sort of thing. And that's what I liked doing. But then, you know, you kind of realize that like not everyone's like that. And then you kind of have to make leeway with certain people. And then 2020, I wanted to be more spontaneous. Um, I didn't really know how to define being more spontaneous, but just not planning out so much and just doing stuff whenever I felt like doing it. And that worked. That was fine. You know, when it came to meeting up with people, um, my hobbies with writing and reading and stuff like that, um, that worked well. But I think with everything coming up, I need to get back into the more disciplined Lucy and being able to like, all right, this is a list of things I need to do today. I need to accomplish them. And so, yeah, one of the core values that I wanted to follow this year was uh, being more disciplined, um, which is my value I want to follow in January. So what I'm trying to do with me is like each month I'm trying to do um, follow like one or two values and just attaching like specific habits to them. Um, so for this discipline, I would be writing a list of things I want to accomplish each day and stuff like that. And I've been actually able to do that, which is really good. I really like how instead of New Year's resolutions, you're focusing on the values. Yes. Because I think that's something I don't really focus on too much. I'm more goal oriented, mm -hmm. but that's a great mindset to have. It's always interesting for me to hear that you want less structure or rather to be a bit more spontaneous because I have the exact opposite perspective yeah. than you. Um, I know you said you so, wanted to be more mm -hmm. structured. And then me last year, I wanted to be less structured only because I think I was stressing myself out. Not, I think I was surrounded by people who were not structured and it kind of brought stress into my life. But now just focusing on myself, I think I'm able to be spontaneous with others, but be structured myself. I, th I think there needs to be a balance with that. Oh, yeah, I think there's definitely a healthy balance. And this actually ties into my point. So this last year, I was taking a more passive approach to my journey towards self-love and acceptance. But I realized that I have to reframe what self-love means to me. So I focused on being kinder, more gentle and forgiving towards myself last year, also setting boundaries, which in a way was me externally putting a guard up. But I realized that holding myself accountable and keeping commitments to myself are also acts of self-love. So I sent you a TikTok about this, but basically there was a research study done in the University of Zurich, which the results suggested that self-control is just empathy with your future self. So the same part of your brain that allows you to step into the shoes of others also helps us restrain ourselves. 
And empathy, as we know, is the ability to overcome our own perspective and step into the shoes of others. But self-control is essentially the same skill, except those shoes belong to your future self, which in a hypo- which is a hypothetical entity, right? We can just think of our future self as an entirely different person because we don't actually know our future self. Mm. Yes, yeah, so just as restraint is connected to empathy, impulsivity and selfishness are the two halves of the same coin. So this explains why people who show dark traits like psychopathy and sadism score low on empathy, but high on impulsivity. So I know that I have impulsive tendencies and I don't like to stick to certain structures Mm. for too long because I do think it can be fun and exciting to not always know what's going to happen next. But I realize that this leniency that I have towards myself impacts my level of discipline. Mm. So something as small as a late night snack or having munchies late night, right? I might think to myself, okay, I deserve this. Once in a while, it's fine. But then the next morning and I wake up with a bloated (laughs) face, I immediately regret it. And I think I'll eventually stop, but it's like having a bad hangover and telling yourself that you'll never drink again. But what do you do the next week, right? Yep. So I've been reframing my own definition of self-love to start including discipline, showing up for myself, and respecting the boundaries that I've set for myself. Because it's so easy to pinpoint when other people are overstepping your boundaries, but it's harder to hold yourself accountable when you're doing the same thing. So just by reframing self-love as discipline and also just seeing that connection of empathy and self-discipline, that was mind-blowing to me. I think with self-love, people are like, oh, I deserve to have this drink and I deserve to have this drink next week too. But there comes a point where you can't, it kind of like reaches like self-sabotage in a way. It's like, oh, I deserve Over-indulgence, this. Overindulgence, yeah. Um, it's like a temporary self-love, but you're not able to think about yourself in the long term. You can't put yourself in your future self's shoes and be like, I don't think they would appreciate this. They, I don't think they would appreciate me downing 10 drinks right now or something like that. But the me now will enjoy it. Yeah, it's immediate gratification. And this reminds me of when we took that psych class in high school. Mm-hmm. Do you know that video of kids who are told if you wait to eat this marshmallow? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll get two in 30 minutes, yeah. right? So it's that's a good thing to kind of remind yourself in terms of whether or not I should have self-control and really just put into perspective where you can be long-term if you do something or rather hold yourself back from doing something now. Yeah. Honestly, if I was in that marshmallow test, I would just do the one. I would just eat one right away. But only because in my mind, I'm like, one's enough for me. I don't need two. But if you were going to take that like if you're going to take that experiment and instead of marshmallows put money, then I would wait for more money. That's different. <laughs> oh, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, I think that's more like an like an adult version of the marshmallow test. That's that's kind of like investing, you know. Yeah. But there are some people that would be like, "All right, I'll take I'll take 100 now. I don't feel like waiting for to get a thousand or something like that." So, A second 2020 revelation that I had was how much I feed off of other people's energy. I think it has to do with myself as well. Like the more negative I am to myself, I feel like when I'm negative towards myself, I just go down like this rabbit hole. 
and it keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And it doesn't really help when I'm around other people who give off that same energy. And I guess connected from this too, it's like, I know how my, how my mood can affect others. So I try to like be in a positive headspace myself. So I don't let that affect others. Yeah. But just like learning how to sometimes not be so affected by other people's thoughts and kind of realize like, this is what they think. And this is what I think and not be affected. Mm, I feel that when I'm too closely influenced by the people I surround myself with, that's when I know to take a step back and maybe isolate myself Mm -hmm. to kind of get a better grasp of who I am again and to separate myself from other people's ideas and opinions of me. Yeah. I think for 2021, it's actually going to be maybe a little bit of the opposite of me being self-conscious of how I'm feeling and not letting that affect other people. Because I think it's become easier for me to like sense, all right, I, I shouldn't be hanging around this person. But yeah, now I have to put myself in other people's shoes. Mm. Oh yeah, and we kind of talked about this before of just being very intentional with even the people you hang out with. Mm-hmm. I realized the importance of consuming media intentionally this past year. So I used to watch YouTube a lot. I was on it all the time, right? Like I was doing YouTube and I was obsessed with watching beauty gurus, makeup gurus, and watching these vlogs, basically watching other people live. And we already know that there's a ton of discourse surrounding idolizing celebrities, But in recent years, I feel like that's shifted onto influencers, right? So all the attention and all the responsibility are now on influencers. And while I thought that I could view these internet personalities as really relatable and personable, at the end of the day, it's still a job for them. And I shouldn't be putting them on a pedestal. So this past year, I really made an effort to stop watching content like that. So I stopped watching the vlogs. I stopped watching drama channels that would talk about YouTube drama Mm -hmm. because in a way that's like TMZ for YouTube, right? Mm -hmm. So by cutting all that out and also limiting my usage of Instagram, I noticed that I didn't have room to compare myself to others because I wasn't viewing how other people lived. Mm -hmm. And... I think a lot of people always talk about how social media can be very dangerous to your mental health and people are like, okay, I'm going to quit social media forever. But in reality, social media will always be a part of our lives. Mm -hmm. Like it's how I keep in contact with some people. It's how I express myself and put my creativity out there. So it's important, I think, to limit your social media use and also moderate how much you're consuming, but exactly what you are consuming. So since I've cut back from basically watching other people, I now have the time to focus on learning a new skill, watching tutorials, because I think we often complain about not having enough time in a day. Mm -hmm. And we always want to add on to our list of interests and responsibilities. Like we want to learn this skill. We want to do this activity. We just want to add and add and add, but we don't consider what we can subtract from that. Yeah, And so I think I realized that cutting or like subtracting that from my life has been super beneficial to me because now I can kind of see 
how I am and what I can do outside the influence or subconscious influence of other people. And this also mm-hmm. applies to even just like your peers that you see on Instagram. With the whole time constraint thing, I sometimes catch myself when I say like, oh, I don't have enough time for this. It's more like I don't prioritize this. And I'm glad you mentioned the whole um, being intentional with social media because I was really good with that in 2020. But I think, I mean, 2021, it's only been like, what, two weeks? (laughs) But I feel like the last two weeks, (laughs) I haven't been the best, especially since re-downloading TikTok. I, like last night, I mean, I... I shouldn't feel guilty about it, but I do. I was on it for maybe like, I don't know, two hours. And I'm just like, Lucy, you could have done so much more with that time. And today too, like after I created that um, short video and stuff, I was on like a TikTok binge. And I guess I'm not beating myself up for it yet, but I think it's good to catch myself now before I go down a rabbit hole. So I definitely need to do, be more intentional with that. But you could also view it as inspiration because you also want yes. to create similar type of content. Technically, it so was inspiration. Not, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's not a negative thing. But I can definitely limit on how, how much I am on TikTok, though. It, it's just hard. There's just so much content not just with tiktok but with social media in general so i used to get this like newsletter that gets emailed to me every day about like the top five popular news and stuff like that but then i found another one called morning brew that all the youtubers were talking about oh i'm gonna sign up for this but so i'm getting two per day and some days like especially this week when i was working like i kind of hold off on reading the news until the next day and then just gets like built up you know and it's just like oh well now I have to spend this time catching up with all these emails and just reading the news and I just feel like there's just so much yes and I think part of that is to stop yourself from they call it doom scrolling Mm -hmm. so oftentimes when I read a piece of news or this information that maybe angers me or triggers me in some sort of way I tend to dig deeper and look into more articles, find out more about the issue. And it would often leave me feeling really negative Mm -hmm. because you're reading so much like negative news, right? Mm -hmm. And I think we need to know when to stop. So part of being intentional with your media entertainment consumption is understanding how you feel when you stop watching this form of entertainment, right? So I love TikTok personally. Um, I don't think it's bad to... Okay, maybe, you know, maybe if you're watching it like three hours straight, that's not good. But, you know, I... This is me coming from a place where I used to scroll on Instagram and feel so bad about myself because I couldn't help but compare. Mm -hmm. So that I consider sort of like a more negative type of media for me. Mm -hmm. But something like TikTok, I feel much better after I watch it because there is a lot of educational things you can find on TikTok. Yeah. So a lot of facts, a lot of spirituality, just a lot of people sharing information, which I think is a lot more productive. Yeah. And honestly, TikTok videos make me laugh so much. Instagram never makes me laugh. (laughs) Yeah. And like I used to have an issue of when I saw that someone 
was putting their creation out there, instead of feeling inspired, I would instead feel really upset with myself and jealous. And so I've been trying to once again, like reframe my mentality to gain inspiration from it. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, if it's something that I can't help but feel, it's better to just remove that from my life. Mm -hmm. So the next 2020 revelation revelation that I had was realizing, I mean, I, I've known I've been, I'm like an introvert and stuff, but it's not so recently I realized like how much 2020 has made me so much more of an introvert. Um, because I messaged you the other week about how one of my coworkers wanted to hang out and stuff like that. She like recently got out of this like short fling, whatever with a dude and she wanted to, you know, have a girl's night or whatever. And I messaged you, I was like, I honestly don't know if I want to hang out with her. Like, I'd rather just be by myself because I have so much more doing the things I want to do by myself. And a part of me felt really, really guilty. I don't know. I just feel guilty sometimes not wanting to hang out with other people. Society just makes it seem like you need to be doing something with other people, like, all the time. And especially social media makes it seem like you need to be, like very extroverted and stuff like that but i feel like you shouldn't feel bad for doing something you want to do because imagine that you do hang out with her and then you come back home regretting the decision because you thought i could have been doing this but before you even hung out with her you already had that thought that i could already be doing this so why not just do what you want to do yeah um I think that's just the part of me wanting to, like, appease others because I know she would enjoy her time hanging out with me. But at the end of the day, it's like I also have to think about myself. So I realized that I am an emotionally driven person. So I tend to make decisions based off of how I'm feeling. And I've been learning to find this balance between respecting my feelings but also being able to view things through a logical lens as well Mm. so my sister pointed out to me a few weeks ago that i can be negative and i never really considered myself as a negative person as you know but it was because we were talking about this one person and this person was a friend i had in high school who i cut off because He used to make really uncomfortable jokes towards me. It was like rape jokes and he would say and do things that overall just made me super uncomfortable and I didn't want to have him in my life anymore. And for her, he is still an acquaintance who has changed tremendously. But when she had brought up his name, my immediate reaction was, oh, this person is terrible. He used to do this to me. And... I already know that I've changed so immensely and so it's unfair to judge someone by what they did when they were a teenager, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking about that interaction I had and how I immediately just spoke negative negativity towards this person that I haven't talked to in maybe a decade. And, And so I've been realizing that I need to be more careful with what I say because semantics are super important. Mm -hmm. Like... We've all heard, oh, men are trash or all cops are bastards. And if you're you're never exposed to that situation, then you wouldn't understand the nuance of these expressions, right? Like to other people, it might seem like a really extreme phrase. And so 
like I said, I'm trying to be more careful with the things I say. And one of those things is monitoring if what I'm saying or what I'm about to say is going to be about another person, especially if it's in a negative light. Like I don't, I don't want to be spewing any more negativity because I don't think that's productive for anyone. And that's also unfair. Yeah. At least you're catching yourself doing it now. Yeah. And so when she called out, called me out for it, I felt that it was a bit aggressive and like it was an attack. Um, but thinking back about it now, there is truth to her judgment. Mm-hmm. Being called out isn't always a good feeling, but I think in this instance, it was super necessary because I w- otherwise I wouldn't have been able to pinpoint this problem that I had. And so moving forward, I don't want to just immediately react to something that triggers me. Because if you do react in a negative way, that sort of shows that you're still not over that situation. And so I kind of just want to let it pass, not say a word, not even mention it, not even give my attention or energy to these issues anymore. And I think that is how I can truly move on from it and just be an overall more positive person. Mm -hmm. So my next revelation is like kind of the opposite of what I said before about how introverted I am and how I want to be by myself. Um, So this is actually one of the values I want to have uh, to follow or this is one of the values I want to follow this year and that it has to do with making connections. So keeping up connections with friends and family, but also being open to creating connections with others. So... Yes, I like being by myself, (laughs) but whenever I have the opportunity to talk to people I already know or talk to new people, I try to take advantage of that, Um, especially when I like, especially at work when I meet new patients and stuff. I always like, I don't know, I always have interesting stories with patients. So, oh my God, I don't think I told you. So the other day I had this patient, so I had him for a couple days and I knew he had like a an odd personality, which is normal. We all have our odd quirks and stuff like that. But then a coworker the next day was telling me how he has, so he has a, this equation on his board in his room, um, which I guess I didn't see last time or he just wrote on it. So apparently that equation um, shows you how to get in touch with extraterrestrial species to how, yep. So pretty much, uh, how to get in contact with aliens. So I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Um, apparently he used to be like an astrophysicist that did a lot of research on aliens and stuff like that. Apparently during night shift, um, he was just like, you know, he had his coat on. He's just like, okay, I'm going to go for a stroll around the hospital. And we said, okay, we, know, we, we let patients do that. Um, cause like you're cooped up in the room like 24 seven. So you need a little bit of walking. And then he doesn't come back for hours. And so he comes back and he's just like, yeah, I was strolling around my neighborhood and just, you know, just taking a walk on the streets. And the nurse was like, how did you get back into the hospital? All the doors are locked. And he just like, yeah, I just stuck a pen in the door. But yeah, so then after I heard that, I decided I was like, all right, I'm going to take advantage of this and I'm just going to start asking him him, like questions. So I referred to, you know, the equation on the board. So that's how the conversation got started. Um, And then randomly, I was just like, do you think we have a purpose in life or do you think we recreate it? And he 
so like I was asking like it's a, it's a long story, but I was on like asking him like all these questions and stuff, and he was just like he gave like really really unique answers. Um, one of the most interesting things he said is that uh, trees are better carnivores than animals because trees get their nutrients by just standing there. Um, if an animal or human dies next to the tree, the tree can just like absorb its nutrients without having to move. With animals, they have to hide and hunt to get their food. But yes, back to the whole uh, point of um, the importance of connection. Um, I think it's just how it makes you feel as a person, you know, especially with COVID being stuck in your room like all the time. It's nice to just get out there and interact with people. And sometimes you can learn new things but by just having like random conversations with strangers. So yes, it's like the opposite of what I said about how I want to be alone. But I think no matter how much I think I am alone, I do socialize a lot at work. So I think it's a good balance. Yeah. So that reminds me of an interesting conversation I had when I was working front desk at a hotel before. I was checking this man in and we were just casually talking until he brought up, oh, my daughter is going to perform here next week. Mm. Or my daughter has performed here before. And obviously I had to question him, oh, who's your daughter? And it turns out I was talking to Toni Morrison's father. Was it Toni Morrison? I believe it was like Toni Morrison. It was a really big singer. And that was just like one of my encounters, like really random that I wouldn't... I mean, he, he actually told me. So I didn't really have to pry that information out of him because it seemed like he was really excited to share it. Aww. But I just love seeing that energy from other people who are really excited to tell you something or who's really passionate yeah. about something. Love meeting people like that. Yeah, and there's just something special about being able to share like this small part of your life with someone. The action of connection is very fascinating. Yeah, I think my favorite part about people mm. is seeing their spark, right? Yeah. When you see them bring something up that just completely lights a fire within them and then they can't stop talking about it. And you can kind of just like hear their passion and feel it come through. Yeah, I, I those are the moments that I love so much when when you see that spark in someone. Yeah. I don't really have another concrete example or anything or bullet point, but I was pondering this, right? So do you think that it can be a bad thing to focus too much on self-growth and improvement? Yes. Because I was thinking in connection with how I was saying that I sort of have this obsession with perfection and growth. I was thinking like maybe I am so focused on bettering myself as a way to distract myself from something in a way right mm. because if you're constantly trying to improve yourself in a way that means you're not comfortable with being you're just constantly trying to become i think that could be a downside with self-improvement i wouldn't say that it applies for everyone but i think it's definitely possible to want to self-improve but also be comfortable with where you're at as well so for you, do you think you're happy with where you're at right now? I'm pretty content, to be honest, because every time I compare myself to how I was a year ago, it's so different. And I'm very happy with all the progress I've made. So I don't regret any of that. And yeah, I don't think that I'm too much into 
the self-growth mindset or anything. Mm -hmm. But I do think it can get to a point where it sort of overtakes everything in your life. And you, once again, like you're overthinking, overanalyzing, which we mentioned in our Overcoming Overthinking episode, that it's not always good to overthink. Yeah. um, One of the biggest downsides of this whole self-improvement side is that there's just so much content out there that some people are just obsessed with absorbing that content and not actually taking action. Like, all right, I'm reading all these books about developing good habits, um, but they're so absorbed in reading that material that they're not actually setting good habits for themselves in real life. So you need to learn how to take in enough information and be able to take immediate action. I also think that some self-help content can cause some fear-mongering, right? Mm -hmm. So I know, especially with spirituality and self-improvement and all that, you see a rise in this type of content, like, majorly within the last few years. And, of course, people are trying to capitalize on this movement. And because of that, there are people who might try to push certain resources towards you or tell you that you're doing something wrong And in a way that definitely causes some insecurity Mm -hmm. and just worsens the overthinking because now you're now you think that your way to help your mental health and well-being is not the right way when there's really no one correct method. Yeah. Oh, this sort of ties back to your first Lucy's Lounge episode or like the post one where you're talking about how mental health shouldn't be a chore. Ah, yes. I did do a, a trial um, a trial clip for what I wanted to post on Lucy's Lounge, which I don't know if I'm actually going to do that one. So there was a point where there was a point during my self-development journey where I was, you know, trying new things and seeing what I liked in terms of hobbies, hobbies and habits. And it got to a point where there was just so much and I felt obligated to do everything every single day that it was doing the opposite of its intention. It's supposed to alleviate your mental health, not worsen it. So then eventually I was able to, number one, find, you know, cut down on the hobbies that I actually really enjoyed and just putting them in a mental health bank. So pretty much if I feel mm, maybe a little bit down or sad or something, I'd pick one out of the bank to do one or two instead of feeling the need to do all of them. And so that has really, really helped me in just alleviating my mental health. I mean, I totally can relate to that because when I started this journey, I felt like I had to meditate every single day. I had to do yoga every single day. And it definitely felt more like a chore and I wasn't excited to do it or I wasn't getting the benefits I thought I was supposed to be getting. But now I journal whenever I want to. I meditate whenever I feel like I have to. I don't make it a daily commitment. Yes. But that's not to say that starting to do things daily won't help because we only came this far because we have tried most of these things and have seen whether or not it works for us. Mm -hmm. So I have a few other like smaller revelations that I wrote down. So one of them is actually really, really simple. It's my need for nature. Before I remember like growing up in college or (laughs) growing up in college, growing up in high school, I was like, oh, in the future, I want to live in New York. I want to live in a big city. 
the me now is like, hell no, that's just too much for me. It's just too much commotion. I just feel too constrained, I guess. Um, even in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's considered a small city. And although I've enjoyed my time, it's just like, I need to be out in open space. Like today, it was, I actually went out for a walk this morning. Um, it was like, you know, in the 40s, super sunny, which is really rare in Pittsburgh. And I just felt so good and free. <laughs> um, I live like five minute, a five minute walk from like the river and being able to just like sit there and just look out into the water was just so nice. And I definitely want to take a bunch of future hiking trips in the future. Being in a city feels overwhelming and almost is a distraction of sorts. While when you're in nature, it's just like, it's easy to like process and accept like all the thoughts you have, if that makes sense. I think growing up by the water, so we live pretty close to a few beaches. Mm. I definitely didn't value yeah. our location because I was just thinking like, oh, we're raised here. There's not much because everyone complains about their hometown all the time. But having some time away from all that, I realized I love being close to the beach and the ocean. Mm-hmm. It really gives me the sense of serenity and peace that I feel like I need to consistently have. So mm-hmm. I feel like I need to be somewhere where there's a lot of trees, a lot of greenery. Yeah. So I've been also reconsidering locate, relocating myself to the city because when I was in college, and I feel like most of my peers also felt the same, that, oh, New York City is where it's at. That's where all of us should be to experience our 20s but I'm slowly starting to feel that I can make a home anywhere I'm at so I don't need to be in a super busy city Mm. to do what I want to do and to be happy yeah I was sort of worried about this episode because I felt like I had so much to say and I didn't know if I would be able to say it right but then again that's me just overthinking yeah (laughs) (laughs) because I journaled at least like eight pages and then I try I kept so every single time like I write and I try to condense but Mm. then I'd have to condense my I was gonna say condense my condensation but condense (laughs) the even smaller bullet points into (laughs) even smaller bullet points yeah and it's like I just I can't just summarize (laughs) it's like everything I have to say is important (laughs) um yeah so for me I literally just had like a total of five bullet points and I kind of just spoke off the cuff which is like there's pros and cons to it because the con is if I'm brain dead like like I am now I'm just like uh I don't know what to say and then I start saying just random things that I don't even know if it's actually applicable or important in my life and kind of just say it just to say it and just hope for the best and hope that it sounds good to <laughs> to us and the viewer so I think you sounded amazing this episode i feel like i didn't hear as wow. much ums because i know that was something you were concerned about before oh yeah I, th- I think i was also being conscious of that too i don't know but yeah so as lucy mentioned she just released her first episode of lucy's lounge on our igtv today and also our tiktok account so you can find us at lucid in translation on instagram i'm also 
making a lot of illustrations. You can find some interesting stories and fun facts over there as well. And we also have a YouTube. So I have two more videos I need to update that will be out sometime this month. But yes, those are all of our socials. Feel free to connect with us over there. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to leave us a review, give us five stars, and we will see you guys next time. Thank you. Bye.